about the radical redemption. And last week we talked about the woman that was at Jesus' feet and the radical redemption in her life. And this morning we're going to talk about another story of radical redemption, of change that Jesus brings about. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to chapter 8. And this is the healing of the demon-possessed man, and it's chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Let's all stand. Let's read this together. This is from Psalms. and prepares our heart to hear what the Word wants to say to us this morning. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. May it be so. Let's begin reading verse 26, chapter 8 of Luke. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee, When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell on his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. So Jesus was already starting to talk to him as he meets him. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus. I think this is interesting. The demons are begging Jesus because they know how much power he has over them. They have to do whatever he says, and they're begging him. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. (laughs) He gave them permission. God is so powerful. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down into a steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. The people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet. This is, he's completely different. He's sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much the Lord has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand today the links that you will go to save us. And from the links, from the depths that you will save us, Father, no matter how deep we are, no matter how far away we are, no matter what we've done, Father, you seek to bring us back and to redeem us. And Father, help someone here today. 
I know feels like they're too far gone. There's no hope for me. But Father, I pray that your word today would convince them that you seek to draw them close and you seek to make them new. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is not just a story about how much that Jesus can save us from. Uh, This man was terribly lost. and, And most people would have said that this guy is someone who cannot be saved. If you were in that village or in that area, I believe that most people would say, there's no hope for this guy. This guy is too far gone. He runs around naked. He lives in the cemetery. We've tried to chain him up, and he breaks the chains, and he is just too far gone, and there's no hope for him. And as I read this story, I I noticed something, and this this is a great story, but what I also noticed is something that I hadn't noticed before, that if you... It kind of slipped by me. But if you read the few verses in front of it, it talks about when Jesus calmed the storm. And we we usually, I've always preached these as two separate stories. And what what had kind of slipped my mind is that they went together, that they go together. And it's a story of what Jesus will go through to get to somebody to save him. If you if you've read it before, I've, I've preached from the scripture many times about the about the storm and and Jesus calms the storm. And in this one setting with his disciples, he shows his disciples that he has complete power over the elements. He has complete power over earth and sea and sky and all those things. And then in just a few moments, he goes and shows that he has complete power over Satan and the demons and sin. And in all these things, he's trying to show his disciples who he is. And I also want you to understand that that Jesus, the reason for this trip is this man. Somehow or another, through the Holy Spirit or whatever, I don't know if this man has come to a place where he's at the end of his rope and he's crying out to God or whatever, but somehow Jesus knows I've got to get across the lake and I've got to get to this guy. And it says that, I mean, he goes over, he heals him, and then he leaves. I know this is the reason that he goes. And as he's going over there, this storm comes. And it's this terrible storm. And Jesus is not dissuaded by the storm. There's all kinds of things lots of times that that we think that keeps Jesus from getting to someone and keeps them. But I want you to know this morning that Jesus will go through whatever it takes to get to the lost. And I think sometimes we think, oh, my, my son, my daughter, my friend is too far gone. And there's too many circumstances between them and Jesus. They've, they put up too many things that, that Jesus is going to have to get through. They've, they've put too many things in their life. I'm going to tell you, Jesus can get through the storm and get to them. No matter what it is, Jesus can get to them. And I want to be an encouragement to you this morning. If you have someone in your life who is lost, if you have someone in your life who doesn't know Christ and it seems like they're terribly lost, Jesus will get through the storm to get to them. And he works at it. And we see this here. And he says, I've got to get to the other side. There's a storm. And Jesus goes through it and he gets there. And he shows up. And so when he gets there, he meets this guy. And, the, and it's interesting to, to hear the story about this guy. The, the demons have control of this guy. 
But when he comes to Jesus, up until now they've had control of him. But when Jesus comes, they all of a sudden lose their power. Isn't that interesting? Up until then, they'd have, they would chain the guy up, and he was literally so empowered by the demons that he could break the chains and get free. They were trying to deal with this guy, and people, and people were trying to deal with him the best they could, and they were trying to contain the situation, but they were having trouble containing this guy because he was so overpowered by the demons. I want you to, if I, if, if, when you read in the Amplified and some of the other versions, it says that this man was cutting himself. He was trying to destroy his body. He was living, he was running around naked and he was living in the tombs. And, and anybody that saw him, think about this. Do you think that anybody that saw him thought that is the image of God? I don't think so. The Satan in him was trying to destroy his body. I was, I was reading uh, some, some, uh, uh, commentary on this and and i was reading on the internet about about this scripture and up popped a picture of a guy that was in prison and he was extremely skinny and he had been cutting himself and had destroyed his body was just mangled and the caption underneath said satan seeks to destroy to where the image of god cannot be seen you ever watched anybody that lives in sin for a long, long time? Satan's trying to destroy their body. He doesn't want anybody to look at us and say, there is the image of God. And, and I, when, when we give ourselves over to Satan, he always seeks to destroy us. And this is where this guy was. Satan was destroying him. And, and when we uh, give ourselves over to Satan, he always destroys it. This guy was in this place, and he was in a terrible place. And Jesus goes through the storm to get to him. And as soon as Jesus sees him, he's already crying out. If you go in verse 29, it says, And Jesus commanded the Spirit to come out of the man. He steps off the boat, and this guy's already coming. And Jesus, as soon as he seems, like, man, you guys are get out get out you no good sorry demons you bothered this guy i would love to hear what jesus had to say to this guy he steps out of the boat the guy's running to him and trying to get free of all this stuff and jesus is like oh man it's on you 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 got no more power over this guy and the demons know it as soon as he starts speaking they know it and 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 jesus is getting rid of and this is my favorite part the demons begged the demons are begging Jesus. Do you, I think sometimes we think that Satan, because we see that Satan has such control over people that we're just like, oh, there's, there's no way ever, that God can ever do anything with them. And they have no power against Jesus. The name of Jesus has so much power and we act like it doesn't have any. You ought to be praying the name of Jesus over everything that is wrong in your life. And every, everybody that has, that is, everyone that is lost in your family, you need to be praying the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus over them. This, this guy that, uh, I t- did I tell you the story about the guy that spoke at Sunday school convention? The guy that spoke, did I tell you about when the guy tried to shoot him? He's in his parking lot. He's after church. He's in his parking lot. He's walking out to his car. This guy walks up to him. He turns around. The guy puts a gun right on him. And he goes, I'm going to kill you right now. And the guy goes, in the name of Jesus, set that gun down and walk off. (laughs) 
And I was thinking, I would ask him in the name of Glock. But uh, anyway, but he goes, in the name of Jesus, put that gun down and walk away. And the guy goes, and walks off. And I'm thinking, I, I need more faith. I need more faith. We need to be speaking the name of Jesus on everything that is not like him. And these, the demons begged him for their lives because Jesus was in complete control. He walks out of the boat, he's in control. And the demons are like, oh, oh, please don't throw us into the abyss. And we are just so scared of everything. But we don't need to be because we have the power of Jesus. And the people in the town had tried to deal with this guy. The people had done what they could. They they chained him up, and they had tried to contain the problem. As much as was humanly possible, they tried to contain the problem. And isn't that what we do? We try to contain the problem. We have things going on in our life, and we try to work around them, and we try to to be able to, to live life with the problem. You ever done that? You got something wrong in your life or in your family or whatever it is and you and you just try to live with it and that's what these guys were doing they didn't need to live with it jesus comes says hey i can take care of it it can be done with we can fix this right now if you'll let me but they just tried to contain it i remember that back in the i think it was back in the 80s they were having so much trouble in the inner city that someone came up with a really great idea and it was a government idea, so it really wasn't a really great idea, but they thought it was. And they said, if we could just get these kids that are causing so much trouble to play basketball at night, if we could just have basketball tournaments at night, then that would make the problem go away. If we could just contain the problem. It wasn't a basketball, it wasn't a recreation problem. It was a heart problem. It was a Jesus problem. If we could get Jesus into all the problems in the world, there wouldn't be any problems in the world. And we need to put Jesus, instead of trying to contain the problems, we need to put Jesus into the problem. And sin is the problem. And sin is always the problem. And the last thing I want to talk about is the reaction that these people had. They were more upset. This is what's interesting. They were more upset about the pigs than they were excited about the crazy man being sane and running around in clothes again. You know, I don't know about you, but if there's some naked guy running around town, that would be a little disturbing to me. There's a naked guy that runs around, and sometimes on Memorial Day, you go to the cemetery, and the naked guy's running around to the cemetery. That's what this was. He's a, he's a disaster for the whole town. And, and then a few pigs get killed, and they're like, what about the pigs? And they don't, they don't even think about the naked guys wearing clothes and he's sane again. They're not happy about that. They're upset because their pigs are gone. And sometimes we put more value on our stuff and our jobs and the things of this world than we do on the salvation of others. I, I would like for someone to get saved as long as it doesn't cut into my time. I would love for someone to have a better marriage and for God to come and work in their marriage, but, but as long as it doesn't cost me any money, that's fine. If it doesn't cost me any time, that'll be fine. And that's, what this, that's where this, these people were. And literally, if you read in the Amplified Bible, it says that, that the people were possessed. 
This whole area was possessed. He was possessed by demons. I believe these people were possessed by their possessions. They didn't want, they didn't care about this guy as long as they had their stuff. Do you believe that you can be possessed by your possessions? I believe you can. I believe that sometimes our stuff owns us. We think we own it, but it owns us. And sometimes uh, our, our possessions are what possesses us. Verse 37 says the people told Jesus to leave because they were possessed. They liked their dirty little place filled with pigs and they liked the things the way they liked them and they didn't want to change. When Jesus comes in, things have to change and they didn't want it to change. They wanted it the way it was. They weren't ready to let go. And we see that this whole area is just this area of darkness. And this guy was probably the worst of the worst, but the whole area was suffering. And Jesus comes and and the worst of the worst comes and meets him and he takes care of the, the worst of the worst. He goes through the storm to get the worst of the worst. And the worst guy there that gets saved says, I want to be with Jesus. You notice how he's the only one that wants to be with Jesus. Everybody else says, I don't want to be with Jesus. He's the only one. He's like, please take me from this place. You ever felt like that? You ever have a work situation or a a place where you work or something where you're like, God, can you please get me out of here? And Jesus says what sounds so mean he goes, no, I, I want you to stay here. Sometimes you're in a bad situation because Jesus, sometimes you're in a bad situation because you got there. But sometimes you're in a bad situation because Jesus wants you there. And Jesus says that to speak, and he said, I want you to tell everybody what happened to you. Can you imagine the next day he goes to the grocery store and everybody, nobody recognizes him because he's got clothes on? Sometimes when I go out to the, uh, to, the, to, to the Walmart or wherever, and little kids will go, because I don't have my suit on, you know? They, they recognize me in my suit. And, and if, I have, if I don't have my suit on, I had, one, I had a guy one night, I walked up to him in the parking lot down at, at, when it was summer fresh, and I said, hey, you know, we missed you at church, and I didn't have my suit on. He's like, who are you? And I was like, I'm your pastor. And he was really kind of mean and I said Jason Roast why are you talking no (laughs) no it wasn't Jason it was Sonny no but but this guy was like and he looked me up and down he goes oh yeah you are and I was like I know who I am you know but I didn't have I didn't have my I didn't have my suit on he didn't recognize me and this guy's walking around and people are like oh I didn't recognize you you got clothes on what's wrong with you he goes nothing all them things that was wrong with me. Jesus came and he spoke to them and they're all gone. And everything's changed. It said literally that there was 10 little cities around there and said that he went to every one of them. You know, everybody had heard about him. You know, everybody had heard about him. Every town has somebody that everybody thinks that's the worst guy and there's no way he's ever going to get saved. Everybody has that. Every town has that. And everybody in that area had heard of him. He's a naked guy that stays out in the cemetery. And he went to every town and told them what happened. 
What do you think that did? That would probably do more than if he left and went with Jesus. There wouldn't be anybody there to testify. If God's done something in your life, you need to testify as to what he's done in your life. You need to tell somebody. We had a great service last Sunday. I was... I think, I think Ross and, and uh, Ariel, I think that was some of the best testimony I ever heard in my life. It was just, this is what God did for us. We just didn't know what we was going to do, and God came and changed everything. That God, that's what God wants us to do. And sometimes after we've been saved so long, we, we forget our testimony. Never forget your testimony. Never be afraid to say your testimony. And that's what this guy was doing. He went and he told all the testimonies, that, all the testimony that God had done for him. I don't know where, what's going on in your life this morning, but you have a choice between Jesus and the world. And what is your choice going to be? Lance, I want you to come this morning. This guy was possessed. Something had come in him and possessed him and had control of him. And I want to ask you this morning, what controls you? Is it possessions or activities or a hobby or an addiction or something like that? Or possessed by some sort of sin or an addiction that you have? a desire for something that is so strong that it controls you? If I asked you this morning what possessed you, you would know what it was. I want to ask you this morning, do you really want rid of it? You see, I believe something happened in this guy, and he got so sick of where he was at and so sick of what he was doing, and he got to the bottom of where he was at, and I think that somehow or another he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him, and sent Jesus to him. And I want you to know this morning that if you want Jesus, if you're seeking after him, he is seeking after you more. And some of you this morning need to know that he would come through a storm to get to you. And no matter how bad off you are, this there's nobody here as bad as this guy. Nobody is suffering like this guy was. And Jesus changed his whole life. I want you to stand this morning. Someone this morning needs to take a step forward. This guy says that, that as Jesus was coming out of the boat, this guy was coming to Jesus. Maybe this morning you need to step out of your seat and come and meet Jesus at the altar. It requires a step. It requires you saying, I am not where I need to be. I am suffering and, and I need God to change things in my life. And you say, well, what would people think? We don't care. We will rejoice with you. We've all had to do that. We've all had that time in our life when we're like, we are not where we need to be. And I need Jesus and I need him to change me and make me new. And we've all made the step to this altar at some time or another. Maybe not this altar. Mine was at a little altar down in Ava, Missouri. And I've stepped to that altar many times since then. But maybe this morning you say, I want to be free of what possesses me. And I want you to know that God will meet you. He will meet you this morning right here. 
I want us to sing. If you need to pray this morning, come.